Podcast Network Asia. Welcome to the Four Knowledge Podcast, a station where learning begins. I'm Pyarching, and today, together with my co-host of For Knowledge Podcast, we are going to talk about psychoeducational report writings, conceptualization, and classification. For Knowledge is now available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or to any of your available podcast apps. If you guys didn't know yet, you can listen every Saturday at 10 p.m. for every new episode for free. And now we're back to our final episode for conceptualization and classification series of psychoeducational report writing and assessment. This is a special episode because we will recap the past episodes we had, the summary of all four episodes, conclusion, keynotes to remember, and we will address the questions of our viewers later. Exciting! And today, we're currently live on our Facebook page at Four Knowledge Podcast, and we have 5,017 followers. Thank you so much! This chapter presents the process of integrating data from multiple methods of assessment and sources of data to generate a data-driven portrait or conceptualization of a child's functioning across multiple domains. So, looking back to our past episodes, we talked about the conceptualization and classification section, which includes psychoeducational report and is divided into four parts, starting from introduction, followed by cognitive and academic functioning, Next is social, emotional, and behavioral. So in the first episode, we had psychoeducational report writings, conceptualization, and classification, which basically talked about the introduction. In the second episode, um, conceptualization and classification, we talked about integration of information. On the third episode, we talked about general framework for the conceptualization and classification section. And lastly, the fourth episode, we talked about specific examples of conceptualization and classification. So, as a recap in the first episode, it's all about introduction of the chapter. So, when we said conceptualization, it's about action or process of forming a concept or idea of something. And classification is about classifying something according to shared qualities or characteristics. So, with that being said, kapag pinagsama natin based on the data we have from multiple methods of assessments and sources data, we form a concept on how a child functions across multiple domains. It can be social functioning, emotional functioning, cognitive functioning, behavioral functioning, and adaptive functioning. And then, based on that data we had collected, dun napapasok yung classification. The psychoeducation assessment process of integrating data and conceptualizing a child's functioning is similar to but likely more driven. So, 
uh, within the conceptualization and classification section, you will discuss the summarized findings from each domain. It'll roll in and out mo yung mga data and informations na necessary lang. Then after that, you will make a case for classifications. So, um, you will integrate information and write this section based on these datas. Okay, so as a recap for our second episode, which is the integration of information, it was said that integration of information is the most necessary or needed for the whole chapter 9, which is the conceptualization and classification. And I want to inform you that this integration of information is a process in which it is literative, meaning it can be repeated or duplicated until you reach the target. That is why for psychologists, information and integration are the most backbreaking since it needs to, um, it requires psychologists to purify or refine uh, important data from the remaining to reconcile uncertain sources of data. And of course, it needs, uh, it or it requires high standard, higher standard of evidence and was primarily used by the psychologists when forming the classification. But in some cases, the collected data or information while conducting the psychoeducational evaluation process permits the psychologists to create a classification conclusion that is past the rational uncertainty. And it has seven guidelines, which are the two review sources of data that was collected while conducting the evaluation to determine major concerns and strengths, to locate sources of information. After that, uh, this lends greater support to the likelihood of a difficulty, deficit, or strength in that area. You have to know where sources of into info diverge. If the information sources diverge into one another, then follow up with informants and possible uh, additional evaluation might be necessary. Then the information you will include in the report when conceptualizing the child's functioning will be the priority. And lastly is to write the conceptualization and classification section. Okay, that was nice, Lira. And let's move on to our episode number three for our quick recap for the general framework for conceptualization and classification section. Of course, we follow framework in writing this conceptualization and classification section. And actually, there are four main components, namely the opening statement, the cognitive and academic functioning, the social, emotional, behavioral, and adaptive functioning, and the last one is the concluding statement regarding eligibility. So first one, we are going to start with the opening statement that portrays how you arrive at your conceptualization and classification. The next one, uh, we are going to discuss the child's progress in school as noted on his grade reports and via interviews with his or her teachers and parents. Pagkatapos, discuss natin whether the sources of data and methods of assessment are consistent with one another. And dito sa second component, you will make judgment or decision whether a child is eligible or qualify for special education services. Then next one for the third part uh, for the third domain or the third component. Um, dito naman e present natin ang kanyang mga struggles and of course, the good thing about this component is ipe-present din natin ang kanyang mga um, 
mga positive things sa kanya. Ang mga strengths niya ay may discuss din dito. And of course, the last one is the concluding statement wherein we are going to make decision regarding classification. Kung saan ba natin siya ikaklassify, kung meron ba siyang learning disabilities o meron ba siyang emotional disturbance. Siyempre, we need to make sure na dito sa concluding statement, you provided solid facts and data kung bakit na-classify natin siya sa learning disabilities o em- emotional disbur- disturbance ba siya. As a recap for our fourth episode about um, conceptualization and classification examples, we need to remember that conceptualization and classification is data-driven. In order to classify a student, kailangan po may sapat na data tayo na nakuha from multiple methods of assessments in order to decide and to conclude ano ba yung recommended na services for the child. So, every classification has different definition, guidelines, and in order to classify that student on the terms. So, there are four examples that we discuss. It is learning disabilities, conceptualization and classification, emotional disturbance and conceptualization, conceptualization and classification of autism, classification of intellectual disability, and classification. When we are doing a psychoeducational assessment, we are assessing the learner's functionality in multiple domains. Therefore, students need to have cognitive, academic, social, emotional, and behavioral functioning data. So, throughout this section, the conceptualization and classification section requires psychologists to synthesize the data, the data we have collected, information, and describe what animates a child's functioning para makapag-arrive into a classification decision. Wow! And now that we already reviewed the fast topics, um, let us now open the question table for our viewers. So, we have 9,265 viewers as of the moment. Uy! Now from Miss Andrea22, ano pong kailangan tandaan kapag magsusulat ng conceptualization and classification part? So, to answer that, that question, I think the most important thing to remember to take note of when you are writing conceptualization and classification section of your psycho and report is to make sure na sapat yung data na nakolect mo. And it is consistent as well as reliable um, in order to make a classification decision no student. Yes, and in addition to that, Ms. Pierre, we need to summarize the findings ng bawat domain at rule in and rule out ng mga data na necessary lang. So, another question from B- at BTS, Shena. Is it possible na under two classification yung result ng bata? Oh, uh, that's a good question, BTS, Shena. Actually, it is a yes. There are a chance, um, the, there are chances that a student may be qualified um, on having learning disabilities and they also have emotional disturbance. There is no um, specific rule or limitations that a person could only have one weakness or disabilities. Right. Now, so, for example, I had this student before who suffered from learning disabilities and as well as emotional disturbance. So, technically, technically it is really possible no, to have um, na yung result ng psycho-ed nyo is under two classifications. 
So, and now naman from Jen that's bad, what if hindi po consistent yung data? So, just like we always mention um, contest times, if hindi consistent yung data, then you have to gather additional data in order to decide or classify a child. Since conceptualization and classification is data-driven nga, so in order to make a decision on where does the student is under, then it is important na may sapayat na data which is reliable and from multiple methods of assessment. And that is, it is consistent. Okay, for the next question from 78 Orozco, what happens if my child is not eligible for services? Okay, to answer your question, 78 Orozco, there is a proper process na sinusunod in order to consider a learner na eligible for special education. If the result of your child is not eligible for services, then don't worry since the school may have programs for struggling students who don't qualify for an IEP or a 504 plan. These programs can include one-on-one tutoring, peer mentoring, and special help such as a reading specialist who helps a child with phonics. From a Jenny, if I get a psychoeducational assessment, will my child will get help at school? Okay, to answer your question at Jenny, actually it depends on the result of the psychoeducational assessment since the purpose nga ng ating psychoeducational assessment is to know whether the child is eligible or qualify for the special educational services, then if he or she qualifies, then your child will get the help that he or she will be needed or will need, uh, that he or she needed. Okay, for last question from Atsped and Bianca, what can I expect from the assessment if it is completed? Okay, the psychologist will meet with you for feedback to discuss your child's results. A written report will be completed outlining the results of the assessment and the recommendation for intervention. You will receive a copy of this report. A copy is also placed on your child's record at and a private psychological assessment is completely private and confidential. If you receive a copy to be sent from our office to another professional involved with your child, such as other physicians, therapists, or child's school, you will be required to sign written consent to our office to release your records. Sharing of reports and results is always your decision. Children over the age of 12 will be made aware of their rights to privacy as identified by Health Information and Privacy Act. So, in addition with that, in, um, kapag ikakonect natin sa chapter, um, which is our topic, Conceptualization and Classification Section, after this part of the Psycho-Ed Assessment Report, um, a teacher or the educator can come up with a recommendation on... On or in order to help the child's needs and fulfill his weaknesses, um, leading to interventions and accommodations that can be applied on the real, on the um, classroom setting. Okay, so thank you everyone for listening in For Knowledge Podcast. I hope you enjoy our in-depth discussion about conceptualization and classification section. We encourage uh, you to read and open the link of our resources 
that are given below about the entire topic. So that's all for this episode. Uh, hope to see you next time. Stay safe, people. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you everyone for listening to Foreign Knowledge Podcast. I hope you learned something from our in-depth discussion of conceptualization and classification section. We encourage you to read and open the link of resources given below about the entire topic. That's all for this episode. Hope to see you next time. Stay safe learners! This is For Knowledge, a station where learning begins. Before we go, show some love for your favorite podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you love this episode, then quote or share us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter and tag us at For Knowledge Podcast. Happy learning! Views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. In Austin, it's 60 degrees with a chair. <laughs> Amazon's Alexa lost her voice this morning, causing Alexa a Alexa lost her voice? How is that even possible? We have the replacements ready, just say the word. And you're sure this is gonna work? Yeah. Alexa, show me a recipe for a grilled cheese sandwich. Pathetic! You're 32 years of age! And you don't know how to make a grilled cheese sandwich! Its name is the recipe, you Alexa, <laughs> play some country music. No, no, worth it. Country music. Let's call Brandon. I'm afraid Brandon is a little tied up. But do let me know if there's anything I can help you with. Jessica? Good boy. Thanks, guys, but I'll take it from here.